1: Yeah, you get it every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27.
1: Nice hat there, Brad. Yeah. Hey, we got a nice jersey. We got <clears throat> got a couple of winners this weekend, huh? Is this sacrilegious? Are we allowed to wear like, <laughs> non stuff, stuff on a baseball? <laughs> oh, there you go. I got there you San go, yeah. a baseball one. shirt on. Clashing colors: orange and whatever blue they call this now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's um, it's Giants
0: had a great season, right? They won uh, the most games that they've ever won in San Francisco Giants history. They were in first place for most of the year. Unfortunate end to the season. But you would call that season a success overall. The the organization is moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah, especially after the seasons we had before, because you have to put it in that kind of comparison, that kind of line, how did it happen? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, I think when it comes to football, the NFL in general seems to want everyone to sort of be about the same as far as the teams are concerned like the talent it's it's good for the NFL if everybody sort of is 9 and 7 going into the last week so that they all have a shot to make the playoffs and so for both of our teams to still be standing in round 2 of the playoffs with an opportunity to go to the
1: NFC championship game like that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I think it's a huge deal. Um and and like you said too, they want them to be kind of uh, NFL wants you to be have this parody and everything else, but you still can completely blow your draft picks. Yes. So you could be the Miami Dolphins where you're you you keep trying every year. And you and you're almost there, but you keep missing on draft picks, and then you also miss on free agents. You go out and go, well, we're, let's get this guy, and then he doesn't perform, and and you know you just kind of take a dump, and you keep doing it every year. Um, and that was kind of the Rams' philosophy uh, the last four years or so. They kind of said, well, let's not miss on first round picks. Let's go ahead and get rid of them for true, well-known, already established talent that other guys don't want to pay or just like Stafford wanted out of Detroit, was tired of it, uh, bad organization, uh, got drafted into a bad situation, but performed every year. And uh, now, can you do that in baseball? I, I know, um, you know, it's been talked about trading draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to be in the next CBA? Is that something we see in baseball? Uh, I would love to see it. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, because the thing with baseball versus football, when it comes to first round draft picks, a first round draft pick in baseball may see the major leagues in about three
0: years. Yeah. Very few guys coming out of college or in the bigs, you know, by the end of the year, I remember, this this one's going to take people way back. You
1: remember Todd Van Poppel? Oh, I was going to say, if you don't mention <laughs> Van Poppel as a first-round bust, then where are we going with this? <laughs> and, you know, the, I think
0: that he was, like, very clear, like, whoever drafted him had to bring him up to the big leagues fairly early. And for, for the Giants, um, was it, I want to say it was Connor Gillespie had it in his contract as well that he had to be brought up to the team in September. Yeah. Uh like very soon after they drafted him. So I think
1: it was I think it was the first year. Uh, within the first year he had to be in Sept- uh, up in September. So the Giants brought him up and uh you know, came back around many years later and yes. did well for us, but
0: Yeah, had the great had the big hit in the wild card. Yeah. So I guess, you know, who would like to be able to trade draft picks? Well, if you turn the MLB draft into like a TV sport, that that would make it a little bit more attractive to you know, to, to viewers though, because like what you said, there's no immediate return on investment and college baseball isn't as big of a deal as college basketball and college football. So you don't really have that reason to tune in, but that could be a reason to tune in is if you could trade draft picks Um, the, uh, so back, back to the football thing though, you know, it is, it's kind of fun because we're huge giants fans. We do this podcast we both grew up in the Bay area. I'm still here, but there, but there was a a little bit of a, a zig to your zag when it came to football. And I think you've mentioned this before, but you know, just in case people don't, you know, didn't hear that or don't remember, how did you become a
1: Rams fan living out here in the Bay area? You know, it, it wasn't one of those things that just kind of, um, I, it, it's it's not something that like I had like an aha moment or anything else. Um, I think it was more. I was about ten years old when let's see when when was uh, when was the Niners' first Super Bowl eighty? 80 it would have been the season of eighty one, uh, but actually January
0: of eighty two was the the Super Bowl date.
1: Right, and and, and so I wasn't. Terribly into football. I was uh, seven, eight years old. Wasn't huge into baseball or into football, loved baseball, loved the Giants at that age. Um, started kind of discovering the game of football. They were in the Super Bowl. We went to a Super Bowl party, lived in Santa Clara, born and raised in Santa Clara. We went to a Super Bowl party. I still wasn't into it, didn't interest me. Um, then a couple of years later, uh, I just discovered that I, for some reason, I didn't like latching onto a team that was already winning Mm. now that was Mm -hmm. starting to kind of um grow because i being a giants fan in the early 80s i was into the lovable losers right i mean you're like the opposite of the dallas cowboys and new york yankees fans (laughs) or not not people who
0: were born there but people who are sort of you know, fell in love because they were America's team or the colors or whatever you heard. Yeah,
1: about. no, no, this this was more all of a sudden I discovered around 82, 83, probably. Um, Eric Dickerson had come into the league. I knew about him, heard mm-hmm. all the noise about him. And then I realized that Niner fans hated the Rams and the Rams were, you know, kind of their rival and everything was kind of a big deal. And Dickerson was in the league. So I watched a Ram-Niner game probably in 83, Dickerson's rookie year, and I fell in love. The uniforms, that blue and yellow, um, Los Angeles flash, uh, just everything cool about the team, and the fact that the winners didn't like these guys. Well, they weren't that good in 83. I mean, the Rams, you know, they went to the Super Bowl in 79. I I was young. I didn't know about that. Um, So it was more like, you know, here's the big boys, the Niners, were let's beat up on the little guys, our biggest rival. And I went, that's my team. That
0: and then unfortunately for you and in, in your second fan second year of being a fan, the Niners go 15 and one and like <laughs> run, the, <laughs> run the whole thing. But that probably yeah. makes you even a bigger Rams fan. Cause you're like, Oh yes. my gosh, the time that we beat these guys.
1: Yeah. That, that absolutely solidified it. And, and then what made it just the heated rivalry and I'm a Rams fan forever was the late eighties uh the monday night football matchups uh montana to john taylor and those two touchdowns that one a heartbreaker i thought i still love my rams and then the 89 nfc championship game which i'm hoping we get a rematch of in about yeah. two weeks that would be really nice in la um so that i mean and, and then from there it just grew and grew and grew and um, you, you got you got yeah. your comeback in in the uh the Kurt Warner era there because
0: you guys continually spanked us. Yeah. It it, is not nice,
1: but it took the move to, to St. Louis, you know? And, and so when they moved to St. Louis in 95, I mean, at that point I was just, you know, way into the Rams, super hardcore still. Yeah. And, uh, and there was no way I was going to pick a different team. Um, again, I'm, not from LA, didn't live in LA, so there was no reason for me to pick another team. Yeah, um, so followed St. Louis, got direct TV, Sunday Ticket, uh, ninety five. It was their first year of doing the Sunday Ticket. And the first year the Rams were in St. Louis. So watching them play in Bush Stadium that first season, (laughs) the first half season, really, because then they moved into the Dome. Yeah. uh, You know, with the big archways and everything else. And that was the famous, uh, the famous same old, sorry-ass Rams game. (laughs) Uh, They were five, I think the Rams were 5-0 and in 95. And then the Niners came into town and just decapitated us. Um, And and I think it wasn't uh, 95 your Super Bowl year. Right, ninety four would have been the Super Bowl year. Oh, okay, the, the the Niners
0: were pretty darn good until the uh, early two thousands there, and then they kind of they kind of went through some tough times. So, yeah. just you know, kind of put a pin on this and move on to some baseball chat here. But uh, good luck to the Rams. Thank you. I mean, we're both underdogs this yes. weekend. Yeah, you guys go into Tampa to face the 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 Tom Brady Buccaneers? Who the Rams go- have
1: beaten this year, uh, week three. I mean, uh, week three is not we, you guys beat them pretty like good, that, too. Beat them pretty good, and then beat them last year as well, uh, during the regular season. Um, I don't even know what, what I didn't look at the spreads, so I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what the spread is, oh, either. Okay. I just
0: yeah, yeah, assumed. Yeah. I would um, think so. okay. and then and then we're a bit we're you know, a fairly decent sized underdog in, in Green Bay, I think at least three points, maybe three and a half points. So, yeah, you know. the the the, we are neither of our teams are supposed to advance but if we do it'll make it even more fun and then we rematch in the nfc title game i'm all for it uh and I'll, i'll be very happy for this podcast too because yeah. we'll, well, we we'll we said
1: that. last week you have to do your part and win two games. We have to do our part and win yep. two games, and then we get that uh, third matchup of the year, which is always tricky. You never know. I will not be comfortable because the Rams <laughs> have gotten spanked six <laughs> times in a row now by the Niners, so it's gonna, you know, we'll be at home NFC Championship game, super amped up and crazy. I will still not be comfortable. Uh, Okay. So uh,
0: the video version of this podcast, we are currently streaming on Facebook, our Facebook page, and also on Twitter, both you can find at Thompson, number two, and then Clark. Uh, We had previously had a YouTube page for the show. It was really hard to get folks to subscribe because we weren't really adding too much content outside of the full podcast. Uh, I pushed it over to my fight game media YouTube feed which has closing in on 2200 subscribers but it's not a great fit it's a MMA and boxing and pro wrestling channel and I was trying to kind of put us in there because the of the playoffs and and we were doing some live streams and those live streams you know that there was there was some cool stuff going on there but we the, we weren't really picking up any traction so for now, we are putting uh, a hold on the archive of this show. If you, uh, it, it'll technically be still on the Facebook page. Facebook doesn't do a great archive, but um, you know we're just going to keep doing it in video because one, I, I like doing doing it in video. I like being able to see and ch- chat with Brad that way. But it's just because we want to keep doing the reps for the possibility that there's another way down the road that we we create the archive. But for now, you know, people who watch it on Facebook or, or Twitter. You know, the, the, the podcast version is definitely the one that is listened to the most. So that's the most important one for us. But uh doing video stuff is, is fun. So we'll keep doing it. Uh just the archive will no longer be on YouTube, which actually saves me a step when it comes to producing this thing. Oh, there you go. Uh okay, so let's get to the drinks here. What I, are we drinking?
1: Well, I I went pretty plain and simple. I you know Rams played last night on Monday night which was weird. That you know having a wild card game on a Monday night when everybody else has played. It was fun. But I wanted to relax yesterday because it was a day I didn't want to stress. Plus, you had (laughs) to work on Tuesday. Yeah, so I uh, worked from home today. But still, you know, so I had two beers last night. So I was, you know, which is for me right now is a lot. So I kind of took it easy today. I just poured an ounce and a half of some uh, wild turkey long branch, which is a very, very smooth bourbon. Uh, I just put one ice cube in it, kind of mellow out. Because tonight, you know, we want to stay awake. Uh, kids had visitors this weekend and everything. So tonight we're going to chill out. I think we're going to watch uh, Queer Eye. I don't know if you watch Queer Eye at all uh, at all, on Netflix. Fantastic show. It's got a lot of feels to it. If you like shows with feels and you like to feel things, it's a fantastic show. We really like it.
0: So. You know, you know a show I watched today, which is Hulu Exclusive.
1: How I Met Your Father. We were just talking about that because Denise and I loved How I Met Your Mother. Which I've never seen before. Oh God, that show is fantastic. Great show.
0: Yeah, I feel like I have to go back and watch it. So I am a fan of Hillary Duff. Now, why? I, I mean, she was like a child actor like back <laughs> right? in the day when I so it's not like this thing where I have this like giant crush on her. Like I don't even remember uh knowing who she was. But the reason why I like her is because there's this show. Um, it's called Younger, and it was on TV Land for like seven seasons. And I kind of got into it because it's like a, you know, it's a twenty-minute show, and it just goes quick. It's it's very fast, and she's in it, and I thought she was awesome in the show. I still, I'm, I'm only on like season four. There's like seven seasons, and so now I saw that she's on this show, and I was like, God, I enjoy her so much on this Younger <laughs> show. Now I want to watch How I Met Your Father, and it's it's totally fun. It's totally good, cool. Very quick watch, makes sense, you know, funny enough. It's, you know, it's not gonna, it, it's not gonna, uh, you know, make me bust out in laughter <laughs> or anything, but it, it's, 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 it's smart, you know. So, yeah, uh, I watched that and I think I'm gonna pick it up, but you know, my wife and I, I mean, you guys are the same way probably, but we have like this list of shows almost to the point of where we're like, there's a there's a show that we've been what happened and then you go to the board the whiteboard is like oh yeah, yeah like this show we forgot about it for like three weeks because we were watching all these other shows yeah so the the TV like I never thought you know you and I growing up when we had uh before cable you know we had like three or four channels and then oh, yeah. you know you get the twenty channels with the cable but never would have imagined there was so much stuff to watch that we would actually not have enough time because <laughs> we watched
1: reruns when we were yes. kids because there was not enough new stuff to watch but could you imagine i don't even remember what the world was like okay huge cheers fan that was yeah. my show i i didn't like to miss it uh, i had a vcr uh, that i would just record uh, cheers seinfeld whatever else was the nbc thursday night and can you i can't even imagine i can't even remember what it was like to like, Oh, I missed a whole season. That's fine. I'll go back and watch it. (laughs) You, I mean, if you missed a season, you missed a season and that was the end. You didn't go back and watch it. So you would
0: hope that it would get syndicated (laughs) at some point, and then you could watch it daily,
1: but Sometimes they did they weren't in order and you and no. you were just like yeah, so yeah, because yeah, there was world. no like you didn't have any idea that this is this one I'm watching right now is season three, episode twelve. Yeah. No idea. You just knew the name of it, maybe from the TV guide. Yeah. And that you, was Yeah, bad.
0: you knew the summary. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Something to have to do with Sam and Diane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're still see like right now we're working on the last OG, but the season is over but it's like, yeah, it's okay. Have it on the DVR Tracy Morgan uh, show. Oh God. Fantastic show. That That is one of the best shows we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Highly recommend. All
0: right. So what am I drinking? So I kind of got to uh, give it a little bit of a prelude here, which is I, um, I've been doing heart, uh, intermittent fasting. I've been doing it a, mm. a little bit more in a, in a disciplined way. I, I, I like doing it sometimes when I get away from it. Um, it's very easy for me to bounce back into it. So basically I basically eat within an hour, a window of six hours, and the other uh, 18 hours, I don't have anything except for either coffee or water or tea or maybe uh, maybe even some bone broth. So that's it otherwise. Yeah. So just in those six hours you eat. And uh, I read this book called The Obesity Code, and it was just talking about how big of a, a deal insulin is when it comes to, like, balancing out, you know, your your weight and stuff and so he mentioned the writer i think his name is jason fong dr jason fong he mentioned doing a full 20 hour 24 hour fast frequently enough like could be weekly it could be every other week if you wanted to do more than one like totally fine it's actually you know he in his in his research and everything it's actually good for you it regulates your your body so i've been trying to do one every week now for me it would be la i have my i have dinner at six or five let's say and then i don't eat until the next time at dinner and that that's kind of how, mm-hmm. how, how i do it and so then you know you usually have a meal to to break your fast of of that that time period so i did one yesterday because we went on a hike in the morning and then we we got some uh, there's this Mexican place that we go to every time we go to, to, to do the hike. And then, so we got it and, and we, we had some tacos now a little bit carby for me. So I kind of chilled out for the rest of the day. I think I had like a banana and some, some almond butter. And so at six o'clock was the last time I ate. So I was like trying to do the math or it was probably about, it was actually probably about five 15, five 30. I was trying to do the math going like, Oh, what's going to break my fast is the drink
1: that I have with Brad <laughs> oh, no. for the podcast. <laughs> so that's what I'm breaking
0: my 24 hour fast is it is a, uh, the, the Terra Mana Añejo that we talked about. Now I've never done this before, but uh, I heard a friend, my, my buddy, Ben Cruz, who, um, you know, I, I want to do more stuff with, cause he's a really talented podcaster as well as a podcast producer. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, he, chills his so he puts his tequila in the freezer and so i did a little bit of research and i was like reading up on it and like you know should you do it and like a lot of tequila drinkers are like no you shouldn't do it yeah. it takes out this and it takes out that and it's for yeah people i can see don't like the taste of tequila
1: yeah freezing can kind of dull some taste i know with beer if you put it in a chilled glass that's bad if it's a hoppy beer because you yeah. really kill
0: the hops but so um So I tried it, and the reason I tried it is because the man himself, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, drinks it that way. (laughs) I was like, well, I mean, the guy whose name is on the tequila. You're putting it over
1: ice, too. Yeah, true. So So,
0: so, uh, I put it in the freezer last night around, I don't know, it was probably about 10 o'clock, and it doesn't actually freeze. It just gets really cold. The bottle gets super frosty, and so I poured it over an ice cube. I put a little bit of uh, lemon juice in it, so that's what I'm having. And it is quite delicious. I mean, it 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 does dull the flavor a little bit, like you said, but it also makes it, a, it just gives it a different, a whole different thing, right? Like it's yeah. just like when we drink bourbon, rock, no rock. It's a completely different flavor, um, and how you enjoy it is different. So I I I, I dig it. I don't know if I'll drink it like this every time, but I, I dig it. So my añejo
1: taramana, Dwayne the Rock Johnson style, nice, uh, is is very good. All right. Yeah, we we do that with our vodka. We put our vodka bottles in the freezer. Um, <clears throat> then when you go to mix it with, uh, uh, like a ZV, so here's a really good drink. If you, I mean, I don't know how much sugar is in it, but they do make some like the like the low sugar ones. But there's yeah. uh, like the chocolate vodka, mm. but they also make them like gluten free, low sugar. So a chocolate vodka, frozen, and then of course it doesn't freeze because it's vodka a uh, shot of that in a black cherry cola um, or the black cherry Zevia.
0: Oh, interesting. So, so it's like a bl- chocolate cherry cola.
1: It's very good. Very good. Very, very dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. You can drink a lot of those.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit of baseball here. Um, the lockout. The the players and the owners had like one conversation. <laughs> And kind of like nothing came out of it, from what no. I understand. Nope. Now, where are you at this point with the lockout, which is, do you feel like there's a possibility that we miss any sort of spring training or season? Because I feel like the both sides, that it's so doom and gloom. It's almost like they... they you know they want the fans, or not? Maybe not even purposely, but it's almost like the fans are going to start feeling that way pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, this is all you know negotiating tactics. Where, you know, we're both going to sit in the corners and hold our breaths until one of us passes out. So that I mean, that's kind of what's going on right now. I, I think, unfortunately. As we get to about a week before pitchers and catchers are supposed to report, which is not too long from now. It's probably about two weeks from now. Uh, We're going to get to that point. All of a sudden, there's going to be a rush. There's going to be a, all right, you held your breath. We held our breath let's just do this. Nobody's going to pass out. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we are, I think unfortunately we might miss a little bit of spring training. Uh, I think worst case scenario, and I'm going to bookmark this, this is 23 minutes into the podcast on this date, which is January 18th. I'm bookmarking this. I'm going to say we're going to hit about 150 games. And the reason hmm. I'm bookmarking this and kind of come back to this is because if we end up missing half a season, I'm going to feel like an idiot. But yeah. um, I, I think we're going to get about 150 game, uh, about 150 game season because I think they're going to, this is just my prediction. I don't have any information or anything else. But I think the way negotiations sometimes work, especially nowadays, it's just going to be a last minute thing. It's going, it's going to go right up to it and then just going to say, well, you're not budging. We're not budging. So let's just get in the room and let's start hashing this out. We waited as long as we could for somebody to break. Nobody's going to break, and and then that's what's going to happen. I don't think that either the owners or the players want to miss more than, say, 12 games in the season. Um, I I really can't imagine. That's a lot of money. I mean, we talked about it last time. That is a ton of money if you start missing. If you get down to, like, an 80-game season, that's a lot of money lost especially after the 2020 season.
0: Yeah, that that's the thing, right? Which is we all we heard about with the 60 game season was how teams are going to be losing so much money and left, you know, and just cry me a river because yeah. of of <laughs> that. And and so now this if they do, you know, cuz the pandemic was unforced, right? It was just right. something that happened was uncontrollable for baseball. This is very controllable. Nobody's going to feel sorry for them when they start talking that same stuff in this situation, either players or owners. Now, I always sit a little bit higher on the player side than I do the owner side. That's yeah. just the way I am I, I am with everything. But if you're the owners and you're crying about, you know, we're not making enough money because we have to miss some of the season, I'm just like, dude, like that is completely your fault. You guys are being super greedy about stuff and you want to be in control and the players want to be in control too. But when, when it look when you look at the asks, (laughs) this is, this is, this is crazy because it is literally (laughs) 2022 when it comes to sports. Yeah. The owners don't want to relinquish player control. Whereas in the NBA, the, in the NBA, you, you know, if you're a rookie, you sign on for three year deal team option for, for fourth year. I, I don't know if it's, there might be a fifth year option too, but after that, like the team can't do anything. And so major league baseball is like, we're going to control you for seven years, <laughs> right? you know, and, and, and you can't do anything. And so it, it's kind of frustrating because yeah. I would like to see more free agency, not because I want to see the, the money go sideways just because it seems kind of wrong to have so much control over players' careers, especially if you get stuck in a bad organization. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's like it's
1: 2022,
0: guys. Come on.
1: Well, and you, know, you look at it too, and, and let's go from a video gaming uh, perspective of what you just talked about too. That makes MLB the show's player, you know, road to the show where you are a player. That makes that game unplayable almost because here you are, you've got to play six entire seasons of a player's career (laughs) before you become a free agent. You play Madden. I've never got there by the way. Yeah, I've I've never got to. (laughs) I did one time because I made Kenny powers. I made a reliever. So after six seasons of getting stuck with the rays, the, the devil rays at the time, I finally became a free agent and signed on with the giants. Because that's you know, and and it just happened that the Giants wanted me. It was between the Giants and the Reds. Then you play uh, Madden, you play four seasons, sixteen games, four seasons. Then you are a free agent. You are free to walk. So yeah, I mean, it just it just kind of seems silly to sit here and say, well, Major League Baseball, you are going to play six seasons. And I, and I get it because, well, like we just talked about earlier, when you are drafted in the first round of the MLB draft, you are not going to make it to the majors until three, four years in. Um, and then at that point, then you only have two years left before you can become a free agent and do whatever you want. Um, so, so a major league club only gets you, uh, you know, at the gate, the major league gate for two years, maybe one year sometimes, um, but, but if they change that and they, and they make it lower, say, four years, maybe you get guys to the majors a little bit earlier. Yes. Uh, they don't have to toil in the minors for so many years. I mean, look at uh, Joey Bart. Maybe he, comes, maybe he gets traded because at that point uh, last year, two years ago, well, we still have Buster Posey in front of you, and you're going to be in a free agent in a year or two. Let's get you out of here, and let's get somebody else in. And there, uh, could, there
0: could be more, more of an impetus to draft college players as well yeah instead have of have to get day. them if you have to get them to the majors much more quickly
1: yeah absolutely
0: um yeah i, I you know I, I don't know what they could do i don't know if it's like well you know if you are drafted and you are 21 years old then you know your contract is shorter. If you're 18 years old, then your contract is a little bit longer. Well, I don't, I, yeah, I don't really could, care. There I, could
1: be an age. I, I like that. I, that's a good idea. Let's send it to him.
0: I like <laughs> <laughs> All I know is the things that they always seem to be fighting for uh, is to the detriment. Like whatever they get out of it, it is always to the detriment of the fans, and that yep. is just bad business, man. Yeah, just bad business. Okay. So I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about yeah. uh, as it pertained to trades. And uh, the, b- both of these came, you know, I, I feel like we pump the athletic here often. It's just cause it's my favorite. It's it's like it's, my favorite thing, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, what, what do I use on my phone? I use Twitter. I use Facebook and I read the athletic. Like, that, yeah. <laughs> like those are, those are my three favorite things.
1: Well, it used to be ESPN. I mean, yeah. ESPN was like our go-to back in the day. Well now, you know, we have, Better stuff, so that that's what we do. We go to better stuff, and you know
0: they they give us talking points uh about this show, so they didn't there was an article, Grant brisby one of our favorites, and someone who I actually know personally and i I want to say that when I was doing podcasts just to see if I could do podcasts, and really nobody was gonna listen because there was no distribution way back in the day. I had Steve Berman. He when he was known better as the Bay Area Sports Guy. Uh he had his own website and he was doing some some really fun stuff when it came to like you know content creation from the blog side. Uh I interviewed him and then Swede so met at a game or two. And I just always liked to keep in contact with him because uh, you know, we kind of the He's he's like us, right? He's been following the Giants forever uh and he knows his stuff about uh about history and he's a radio guy and he was covering like the radio stuff so uh really enjoyed his work and now he writes for the athletic he's on the A's beat so he and grant did a little bit of a back and forth and and so the idea was how could the giants get one of the three ace pitchers that that the A's have um Bassett, Manea, and Montes. And so uh, Steve ranked the the three as far as like how important they are to to the a's. Like Bassett and Manea, they're they're still player control. so they're a little bit more valuable to the a's. And, and Montes is probably a little bit easier to get. And so Grant's whole thing was, how do I get one of these guys? So he looked at, um, I think he looked at trying to get Manea. So here was his trade offer, and I want to get your feedback because I think I think even Grant admits that they, they would be giving up a lot for Sean Manea. So his proposal, and, and this is based on the the idea that the As, their framework for trades is usually get a, uh, a major league ready prospect a uh a, a person with the sort of like a a high floor on the pitching side and then there was a, a like a toolsy deep miners prospect who's like nowhere near ready but is uh, is sort of high in the system. And so he offered Elio Ramos as the first player in this proposed deal for Sean Minea. And then he and then he uh offered Sean Jelly the probable if the giants have 10 starting pitchers this year, he's probably in the mix for the back five of guys who will start games for the giants.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And then a deep, deep miners guy by the name of Grant McCray toolsy guy. Uh, I don't, I don't really know him all that well. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know, does that do it? And so Steve basically said that based on the value of the deal, it would get the Giants' Sean Manea. Now, I will, I will start looking up stats and stuff for, for Manea uh, as you speak. But basically, I just wanted to know, you know, what, what was your thoughts on, one, being Manea being the guy that Brisby wanted out of those three. And
1: two, the overall deal that Brisby offered. You know um so yeah, i what I thought when I first saw those names go out there for Manea, I thought, yikes, that's uh that's a, lot. That's a, that's a haul, man, uh, Manea is a free agent after twenty twenty two so after this season mm-hmm. he's a free agent, um supposed to be making about ten point two million is his estimated uh salary in twenty twenty one uh, then he walks and you lose a guy like Ramos, you lose jelly, you lose McCray, um, McCray. I looked him up. He's a kind of a, you know, uh, he's a, he's a tools guy, speed, a little bit of pop, um, good fielder in center field. Um, but I think they, they said, um, you know, in the projections, he, he's more of a projections guy than, a uh, you know, than a prospect type of guy at this point, um, i i just obviously i wouldn't do a a deal like that i would not be happy as a giants fan if if we gave up ramos and jelly and McRae for one year of minea um the giants track record like they talked about in the article too the giants track record is not to go out and get a guy like minea 30 years old um you know like they mentioned you know grant mentioned in there too um, um actually i think um Uh, Steve is the one who mentioned that Manea is more of a, you know, he can look like an ace one week and the next week he could look like a number four pitcher. I don't, the the giants aren't about taking a guy like that and making him a project. They're going to go out and spend money and say, here's, you know, 5 million for one year. We're going to turn your career around. We think we see something and uh, look at our track record with Alex Wood and uh, Gossman and everybody else. uh, DeSclefani we've been able to take projects and kind of turn them around. The giants aren't about giving up prospects, uh, especially like an Elio Ramos, who's probably ready to come up and jelly who's ready to come up as well. You got Mm -hmm. two guys out of that, that are, that could make an impact on this roster this year. Uh, And we've talked a lot about uh, if the giants don't have those guys this season, uh, jelly and Ramos, to kind of plug in and and do the waiver or or do the, uh, the options dance of uh, you know, we need you in may for four games and now we don't need you. We need you back here in June for 10 games. And, you know, they have that flexibility with these types of guys who could be uh, on a major league roster next year. Um, So I think it's a lot to give up uh, for, for a one season guy. I don't do it. I just, I just wouldn't do it. So when I looked at the numbers, I think one
0: specific thing looks attractive about Manea and that is in uh, so his rookie year in 2016, he was 144 innings and 124 strikeouts in two years later, 160 innings, only 108 strikeouts. So his strikeout to nine innings just dropped Mm -hmm. like crazy. Um, And so then you looked at last year and he, I mean, he's, he's a one-to-one hits per innings pitched uh, ERA 3.91 FIP 3.66, but his strikeouts to innings pitched jumped to 9.7. So that was pretty interesting. And I wonder if what teams see about him is that he is you know, finally sort of like a mature guy and he needs some coaching to, you know, to take it to that next level. And, and that's, that's definitely possible, but I very much looked at this like you now, this, this is kind of what happens, which is we fall in love with our prospects, right? Like we, we've been waiting for Ramos to come up to the giants for the last two years. Like, it's just been like, Oh, can't wait to see this guy play. So that's some of it. Jelly. I I want to see what he does but it's not like he's like this sexy crazy 100 mile an hour strikeout pitcher. He's he's just he's going to eat innings and and hopefully he'll he'll you know he'll uh he'll do some good stuff with placement and control and everything. Uh but you know this could be also we just want to see our guys come up and if we were to have this conversation, you know at next year and, and and jelly's got like a 5.20 era and is given up bombs like he's william van yeah. landingham uh then you know then we then we may change our opinion but I, I completely agree with you here uh and i think that is way too much and kind of wonder i, I sort of wonder like could you pull out either jelly or ramos and still get the deal done
1: Yeah, by the end of the article, I guess Grant was looking at it a little bit more and he said, How about Ramos for Manea straight up now that I'm looking at it? (laughs) I thought, Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you do that. I'm not, I'm not as, um, you know, tied to our prospects as I used to be back in the day. Back in the day, I was like, No, oh my God, we traded who? And, you know, uh, nowadays, when I look at the Giants roster, I say, who can you afford? I mean, you can afford to give up Canario, right? So they mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's guys you can afford to give up. Can you afford to give up Ramos before you really see who he is? I don't think so. I don't think the Giants are in that, um are in that position where they could look at a Ramos and say, Yeah, yeah, let's let him go somewhere else. Then he comes up and and he and he's a 2020 guy every year um or a 30 20 guy every year and uh you know hits 280 or 275 with with good defense and you're like man we could have had that so i i i still want to get a taste of somebody before i say yeah yeah he's going to go um but, uh, but jelly i could part with McCray, could, could absolutely part with not not a problem the the lower prospect guys with the, you know, with the high, maybe high ceilings, but, uh, but you don't know, there's still projection projects. Um, Those guys, I will part with in a heartbeat. Let them go tear up the Arizona fall league, go for it. Uh, But still look who we got in return was Chris Bryant and a shot to make it, you know, to the world series. They got into the playoffs. They had a shot at the world series. That's what you play for every year. So I'm okay with that does Manea give you that shot? Does he put you over the top? I don't know. I don't think so at this point, really in his career. I'm I'm not sure he does. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this is going to be another hypothetical trade thing. That's what we're doing today. It's it's all about trades and hypotheticals. I like that. Um, What
1: else do we have right now? We don't have any baseball. (laughs) We don't have any, we don't have any like real world situations to talk about. So we got to go hypothetical.
0: (laughs) Okay. I told you specifically to not read the latest Jim Bowden article, which I is all know. about uh, it's all about his readers offering him trades and mm-hmm. and saying, you know, what what is uh, you know, what what do you think? And so lots of these trades are, are a lot of the same guys like Josh Hader from the Brewers. And this one features Josh Hader from the Brewers. Nice. And we know, you know, you know, Josh Hader, he's he's a stud reliever for the Brewers, left-hander. Yeah. yeah. Very valuable, uh, doesn't really have to necessarily close to show his value as, as a reliever. And so this reader asked Jim, and I will ask you, and I will see what you think. The Brewers would send us Josh Hader, and we would send the Brewers... Joey Bart and Camilo Duvall. Now I will look up Hater's uh, contract information for you because I know I did not prep you for this information. Uh, but just on just off the top of your head, what do you think about that deal? Now Josh Hader, four and two, one point two three ERA with thirty four saves in uh, in in twenty
1: twenty one. I'm going to spot track because that plays into it for me. I right. you know, you and I play a lot of out of the park baseball, right? <laughs> If we're getting a guy in return, yes. somebody, you know, the the AI offers you a trade, Garrett, what's the first thing you do? Yes. You click on that guy and you go look at his current contract because I want to know 100%. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't want to you know, I'm giving up these guys and I'm getting what in return? Uh you know, a guy that I've got for uh for the next 2 months. Um he is Let's see. His salary in 2022, Josh Hader, is $8 million. Very doable for the type of guy he is. Yes. Uh, arbitration, his fourth year, last year of arbitration is 2023. So he's controllable. Yes. 2022, 2023. Unrestricted free agent 2024. Uh, you said once again, Joey Bart and Camilo, Camilo Duvall. Duvall. Those are the two. That Those are the two. Okay. My, I think my biggest problem, I love Josh Hader. I think he would be super nasty in our bullpen. Uh, He would, I would imagine he would automatically become our closer. Yes. Uh, There would be no question. Well, then Ma- Mac
0: a, cheese might be out of a job if Josh haters are closer, but,
1: but that's okay. Cause you've got a Mac cheese, Tyler Rogers, lefty, righty combo for the seventh, eighth, whatever you'd want to do with them. You, you've got that. Um, gives you more flexibility in the back end of the bullpen, which is what I think the giants would really like to have at this point. Uh, I, I mean, as you, as you know, we were in the running um for multiple closers at the trade deadline last season. Sure. And then, and then Camilo Duval came along, not the experience that Josh Hader has. Um, and you could argue if
0: we had Josh Hader instead of Camilo Duval, maybe that game against the Dodgers
1: goes a little a little further. Maybe we maybe yeah. it
0: goes to, you know, 12 innings, 13 innings and you sort of figure it out then.
1: Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Josh Hader doesn't hit. We needed runs also in that game, That's too. So, I mean, if true. we were to score three or four runs, then, then who knows? But I, I guess my question here Buster Posey just retired and we're trading Joey Bart. Who, who do we plug in a catcher? I mean, we've got Kirk Casale. Patrick Bailey's not ready to come up. Uh, you're kind of stuck now searching for a catcher to command your pitching staff which the Giants are – I mean, Kirk Casale does a fantastic job, but he's not a 140-game catcher at this point yes. in his career. Um, so that is a really, really tough one. I'm going to decline that one. I'm going to say no because it leaves too big of a hole at the catching position.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And they would have to be pretty creative on mm-hmm. adding a catcher. And all of a sudden Patrick Bailey would be the most focused <laughs> on prospects in the minor.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and he's not, I don't even think he's triple a ready yet. So, I mean, yeah. you're talking a couple of years away for Patrick Bailey. Um, so yeah, I, I don't pull the trigger on that. One. Yeah. And you know, there's another thing with,
0: I don't know what you think about relievers in just in general. Now hater, you know, well, we we may being a Josh hater hater here, but <laughs> yeah. the idea that uh, you trade for you know an everyday player for a guy you're who's only going to pitch, you know, sixty games maybe, and yeah. in that you know sixty innings, uh, and you're giving up uh, you know an everyday prospect that that's a that's a little bit of a hard one, and I think maybe. If you have one missing piece, and you still had Buster Posey behind the plate, yeah, that would be something that would make a little bit more sense. But because you don't have Buster Posey, then it doesn't make as much sense to me, uh, especially only for a reliever. I think a starter, if you had an ace starter, that makes a little bit more sense because there's yep. some risk, uh, but there's reward in in a guy who's gonna, you know, throw. 30 some odd starts and pitch over 200 innings.
1: Yeah. If Posey would have stuck around and maybe re-upped a, like a two-year deal instead of the one-year option, uh, I do that in a heartbeat. Cause I think Patrick Bailey in a couple of years, is probably ready to come up and, and you have time. Then you, then you have two years to kind of look around and find another uh, a catcher at that point, Josh haters K per nine though. is very sexy yes i mean i mean mean, he's a stud the guy is an absolute stud 15.6 k's per nine last season that is that is really nice that would be nice to have but again a a huge hole behind the dish i don't uh, that makes me nervous
0: uh okay so next one and and this is kind of this is going to be it for us you know we, we don't have to do long podcasts during the off season as much. And I don't know if uh, people want to listen to us talk a little bit more about football, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I could play the ukulele. You know, one, one thing I didn't mention is uh, we are trying to get an interview here. Now we've talked about Steve Berman. I don't, I, you know, it, we are a giants podcast, but it, it would be interesting to have him on to talk about the A. So that may be something yeah. in the works there. I don't, I don't know if the athletic, necessarily lets all their their folks go on smaller podcasts like ours but you know i i know steve a little bit i know people who know steve uh, even better than i know him so you know it's worth a shot the other but the other one is someone who uh i interviewed last year for this podcast before we were even doing video is uh kmbr radio engineer darren chan and i reached out and we're going to try to make it work, if not next week, which is kind of the goal. you know, I think it'll happen in the future because Darren's awesome, but he's also got young kids, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's dealing with that stuff. So we're going to try and make it work. Uh, he is uh, very smart. He's got the same history as us. He's, I think he's a little bit older than me, so he goes even further back with KMBR than you and I do. So it, it'll be fun to have that conversation because he's an old school Giants fan, just like we are.
1: Well, and then are we going to, are we going to pop the question to him next week? Not not ask, him to, not ask him to marry us, but ask him to join our mm. podcast, Fantasy Baseball League. So far, we've got yeses from uh, the Giant Cocktail Guys. Yep, who uh, we had on. Yep. The Bam Oh, uh, my, my son. Your son is affiliated with that, so he's in. Uh, we got Ash Day, our friend of the awesome. – fl- you know, our, Love our, Ash. Our, our way back friend of who, the podcast. Who we're going to have to bring on soon enough yeah. anyways. Cause... He's with uh, Flyball to the Moon, uh baseball podcast. You can find that also on Apple Podcasts. You know who they interviewed? Hmm.
0: Uh, the, um, the Giants co- – uh, the, ben- uh, the, oh, the coach. Um, right, correct. No, no, no. Uh, was it – is that who what it is? It?
1: I thought it was Korea. Yeah,
0: um, I'd have
1: to go back and look.
0: The who's the 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 Japanese um, the cat the guy who was c- catching doing doing the bullpen stuff.
1: Oh right right right. Now I gotta look it up.
0: Yeah, you 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 look it up because um, it's been a
1: long weekend.
0: <laughs> but they they actually had an interview with him, which was really cool. So I was I was happy that uh, they were able to talk to him. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that 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 <laughs> it's so fun because. I mean, it was your idea to create this uh, fantasy baseball league. Now, does that mean that we opt out of that (laughs)
1: hard-as-hell NL-only fantasy league? You know it 100% does because (laughs) I did not enjoy that league. It was a bit – I mean, it's a national league-only league, and there were like, what, 13, 14 teams? (laughs) Yeah, that was tough. So if you lost a second – we lost Corey Seager at one point, shortstop. We spent a lot, and he didn't it. have a great year. He either. didn't have a great year, but we lost him for like two months. When you're playing a National League only league, and you're and you lose a shortstop, how many times did we have? Um, uh, oh, 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 what's our beloved Giants? Uh, one of our on uh, Solano. Yeah, Solano. We had Solano for a while. And, we had, and Tyro. We even had uh, Mauricio Dubon in our lineup when he was in Triple A because we you just had to fill your lineup. So, I mean, we had him. Vossler. How many times did <laughs> yes. I drop and pick up Vossler? Because you just needed a guy who might get you one at bat. Yes. Not yes, fun. Yes, I did yes, not yes. have a good time. This one will be insane because if we play like 16, if we have like only six teams, and we end up playing National League and American League, there's going to be guys who are uh, out there for you just to pick up yeah, who are tw- hitting 20, 30 or 40 home tw- yeah, runs. Exactly.
0: Valu- yeah, exactly. Very valuable players. It's going to be yeah. the complete opposite. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, yeah, but who
1: so, – okay, so who else Who else has said yes? Uh, so those guys have said yes. Uh, that's it so far. So we have uh, – we're looking at about four or five teams. So we can We'll we we'll do some more China reaching there.
0: out. There, there There's yeah. a couple – there's other people who are sort of in the – in the sphere of, of podcasting and stuff who, who will be able to grab. Um, okay. So um, can we, uh, yeah. So let's, let's go to this last trade, okay. this last proposed trade yep. from Bob L, whoever Bob L is. Mm. It's between the diamond backs and the giants. Mm, interdivision trade doesn't happen very often. So he says the giants trade, Steven Duggar, Sean Jelly, Gregory Santos and Hunter Bishop to the Diamondbacks for Cattell Marte and a slog of a contract, but a fan favorite Madison Bumgarner. Ooh. Madison Bumgarner is due $60 million over the next three years. Yeah. Just be, just beware.
1: I, <laughs> you don't even have to throw in Bumgarner. You could just give me Cattell Marte and I probably do that deal. Uh, the one guy in there, uh, give us our names again, just real quick.
0: Yeah, it is uh Duggar. Mm-hmm. Jelly. Gregory Santos and Hunter Bishop.
1: Yeah. The one name that I'm a little apprehensive about because we just, I just talked about it. I like to see what you've got uh, is Hunter Bishop. That one yeah. makes me a little nervous. Um, but Marte is such a ridiculous talent. He has had a lot of hamstring issues the past couple of seasons. Um, but man, he can play outfield, he can play second, he can play. Third, um, he can kind of play all over the place. I probably do that one. Uh, you don't even have to give us Bumgarner because my problem with well, Bumgarner, I think Bumgarner's actually what you have to take in order for the yeah, yeah, because you <laughs> need Marte. you have to take that yeah. contract. Yeah, yeah. that's the, yeah. But if we're giving them all these p- prospects, you got to say you pay fifty percent of Bumgarner's contract. Mm, that's interesting. You know, because Marte's making I just looked, Marte's making ten million next year. Look, his his oh, no, contract 8 million this year. His contract is
0: super manageable. It, it's oh eight, I, it's eight. Yeah. It's eight for twenty two,
1: ten for twenty-three, and twelve for twenty-four, and then he's unrestricted. That's beautiful. I mean, for that type of talent, twenty-eight years old. I I do that. And yeah, I mean I, I get it. you you're you're making us take Bumgarner. My problem with Bumgarner, I love the guy, is 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 he going to be able to get together with this coaching staff, the pitching coaching staff, Bailey and his crew, and be able to work with them? Because yeah. we heard that story last year. He struggled at the beginning of the season in Arizona, and finally he said, I'm not going over pitching reports anymore before the yeah, game. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going out there and pitching how I know how to pitch. And if I feel like I can get this guy out with this pitch, that's what I'm throwing. Then he turned it around and had a great season. Um, I just don't know uh, if the Giants are willing to say, hey, all these guys are going to follow what we're doing except Bumgarner. He can do whatever he wants. So that's a tough one. I say so- you do that and you just don't take Bumgarner.
0: Okay, but that's the, the, they're not doing the deal if you can't okay, take Bumgarner. Well,
1: then, uh, then we take him and release him. No, <laughs> he can't. He can't, he can't, he can't he okay, okay. So, 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 let him. me yeah. give you a scenario. Okay, okay. And you have to take the hundred percent of the contract, right? Is that kind of what's that? that, that was how the deal was. Right. I'm uh, negotiating. I'm trying to negotiate. So, 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 ba- <laughs> so
0: here's what Bowden said. Bowden said, "If I'm the Giants, I don't want Bum-car- Bumgarner's contract back, not even for sentimental reasons." He's due $60 million over three years. If I'm the Diamondbacks, I'm demanding Luciano and Ramos for Marte. So, maybe the deal mm. is no Bumgarner, but a, a Ramos instead. I don't know if that gets it done. It's possible because you have Jelly in there as well and, and Bishop. That's literally like a Sweet. five for friggin'
1: one. But you have to put in Luciano.
0: No, well, I mean, yeah, oh, according okay. to Bowden. But I'm just wondering mm. if you replace yeah. Ramos... Uh, Or if you add Ramos and subtract Bumgarner, I wonder if it gets done. Okay, so let me uh, – I will give you a scenario of this where I think it could work. Okay. Which is let's – okay, Giants give those four players. Mm -hmm. And the kicker is that you have to take Bumgarner. So what you said makes a lot of sense is Bumgarner – he he may not be the most easily coachable guy because he he's very much a, a feel kind of pitcher, right? Um, I think he is so comfortable with this organization, just the Giants in general. He has a fan base rooting for him. It's not quite Lincecum, right? Because I think the fan, I think Lincecum could, well, you know, throw seventy seven miles an hour, and the and the fans <laughs> would be like, you know. If he throws, if he figures out a knuckleball, you know, it's not quite that, but it's close, right? Bumgarner is so beloved. The fans will give him a break. And look, you know, what has um, uh, Farhan talked about, which is, you know, we're trying to fill 162 games. Bumgarner, I think, I don't know about three years, but I think, you know, for the next year, I think he could figure it out. The problem is is that you're just on the hook for two more years after next year. He's not an old guy. Uh, I feel like he could be – maybe he's not worth $20 a year, but I feel like he could eat innings, and that's kind of what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to get through a lot of innings. He could be serviceable for that. And by being serviceable, he gets paid like he's like maybe a B plus starting pitcher. But yeah, you get Marte at the same time, and there some some of this is is in order to get a guy like Marte, you have to do some risk, right? You have to take, and you have to figure out how to how to work with Bumgarner. I would do it. Part of it is because I love Bumgarner too, but Marte is uh, you know he he's a dynamite kind of player. Now he got hurt last year, which is mm-hmm. some of year it, before. right?
1: Yeah, and the year before and I, and he's had those hamstring issues for a long time. It keeps going. And, it, and the problem here is not that it's one hamstring. It goes from left to right. He has both hamstring issues, which which scares me. Yeah. But again, but what, when he's on the field, man, he is ridiculous. Um he he is uh, I personally like him uh more of a talent than uh I like his style of play more than Trey Turner. Personally, I I do. Um, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it is a risk. He's 28 years old. Then can you get him for, you know, two more years after that, you know, 28, 29, 30, and then he's a free agent. Can you, once he's in San Francisco, loves it there, uh, which everybody who comes to San Francisco loves it. Um, unless you're, um, uh, Oh, who was our catcher? AJ I mean, Piersinski. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you know you're Piersinski. The feeling was a mutual guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah we didn't like you so that's fine uh but but you know other than that everybody who comes there loves it and has a chance to stay I mean like a hundred hundred pence stayed around for a while um so yeah I I, uh, I don't know I say because it's a hypothetical let's Go for it. You're right. I mean, you bring up a great point. We do need to eat innings, and we yeah. talked about it. I mean, they keep talking about it. It's not a five man rotation. This is a 162 game season. We're looking to fill 162 games with or 150.
0: On the if, 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 if <laughs> like you think. said, we could, go. right. <laughs> it's, it's going to
1: be 150.
0: <laughs> well, I will tell you, we know how to stretch these conversations because i look up at the screen (laughs) we hit an hour again i was just thinking like gosh can we get 35 minutes out of this oh god (laughs)
1: it's 35 (laughs) that's easy it's 35 jeez
0: i I mean i was thinking (laughs) are we gonna have to talk about like NCAA football coming to the
1: PS5 oh, in 2023. No. Like no. I was like, what what else can we talk about? So no. anyway, you give, you give me one subject, I'll get you an hour out. Of <laughs> oh, there like, we go. That's not a
0: problem. There we go. <laughs> uh, well, let's end this back to yeah. the beginning. Rammies, Niners. Good luck to both teams. Let's do it. Let's get in that. That NFC championship game Then we have yeah. more stuff to talk about. It's better for the podcast. To...
1: Oh, that'll be fun, man. You know what? If we are an NFC championship game, you'll see a Dickerson jersey <laughs> <up> here, or, <laughs> or, or one of my favorite jerseys that I own. I don't wear it a whole lot, but it's one of my favorites is my London Fletcher jersey. Wow. Yeah. Remember London Fletcher? Great. Giant or the Rams have not had a, a middle linebacker. That has been as tough and, uh, sniffs out tackles like London Fletcher since he left. So pretty sad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we
0: may, we may see, uh, Aaron Donaldson tearing off helmets and, uh, that's all right. Uh,
1: Whatever, whatever you need to do to feed him.
0: Mike, Drake, Greenlaw, that. suplexing guys. <laughs> Both teams are fired up, man. They, they may have yeah. to do some of that stuff to get it, but I, I'm ready for it. All right. Uh, Brad and I are done here. So for Brad, I am Double G. We'll see you next week. Hopefully we have some, we'll have Darren Chan. That'll be fun. See you when we see you. Peace. Out. Peace.